Okay. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Today is Monday, October 10th, 2017. Thank you for tuning in and logging on, and welcome to Truth It in the AM. It is your boy, Truth It, here to address any and all things when it's time to, and it's time to, and I'm only wanting to send out positive vibes today. And as always, I am here with the one and the only, too real to be phony, Trooper Joe is in the building. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Bonnie, folks. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Some people didn't have that good of a weekend. We've had a lot of, uh, a lot of another natural kind of disorders going on throughout the world with fires and everything. And the day's coming, folks. And the day's. <laughs> it's almost here. But anyways, I hope everybody in the... In, well, and the sound of my voice takes in the whole world, so I'm hoping the whole world has some joyous moments. Hopefully. Yeah. I, I, I mean, hopefully. I, there's a lot of things out there that'll get a person wanting to uh, give up <laughs> and uh, quit mm. life, just like this guy in Worcester yesterday. Yeah. On top of a roof, he wanted to end his life. He wanted to end it all. Uh, there's no... Police don't have not released a reason why the man wanted to jump. Uh, the he hasn't they haven't spoken to what was his mindset when they talked to him. They just know that he attempted to jump and uh, reportedly the police caught him right as he was falling. So uh, I guess we could say kudos to the police troop. Well, but it'd uh, be nice to save a life, make him feel good, right? What do you think are reasons why someone would want to jump off of a roof? Women. Women you think <laughs> automatically if has I, to be a woman, a huh? Man, yeah, I think I think I think um, you know, yeah, I love problem or something like that. People really don't address love all that well. <clears throat> yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh man taken safely off of roof at downtown uh parking garage in Worcester. A man on the roof of the Union Station parking garage who was apparently distraught was safely taken into custody Monday night after a standoff with police that lasted nearly three hours. Yeah. Around 7 p.m., the man appeared to come down off the ledge as police stood by, uh, stood nearby behind an officer uh, carrying a shield. Then the officers closed in on the man. Loud noises could be heard, and then the man appeared to go over the ledge of the roof. Onlookers gasped. <gasps> Officers appeared to hold on to the man and brought him back to safety. The sizable crowd of onlookers then cheered. Police said Monday night the man was in custody and would be okay. 
Uh, police, firefighters, and paramedics had been in the area since the afternoon. The man balanced himself on the ledge and walked back and forth along the Franklin Street side of the five-story garage in intermittently heavy rain and windy conditions. He appeared to communicate with police eventually. Officers appeared on the roof several times. The man appeared to be getting down but then got back up on the roof and walked back and forth. Traffic, of course, was snarled uh, due to the incident. It's just like a movie. <laughs> I feel bad for the guy. Anything that's going to drive somebody to want to take their life. And I mean, that's just a dramatic way. And I'm sure some of the ghouls down below were, you know, cheering him on. Jump, jump. I'm oh, sure no, there were some of those out there. I, I think the people, because you know what? Whenever there's situations like that, people try to be saviors. So I don't think, I think they were like, no, don't jump. Don't. Your life is worth it. Your life means more. But uh, obviously the man has mental issues. Probably, but it. If they if they're going to draw a crowd behind it, they're giving the guy an audience. Is what he might have been looking for in the first time. Yep. Yeah, you know, it's, it's it's like I don't think they should let you know have the people be able to stand down there and watch the guy on the roof as as the drama unfolds. I know it'd be exciting. Yep. I ain't gonna make believe it ain't gonna be exciting. Like oh, I got to see how this turns out, you know. And I know you. You half of you saying, "Oh, I hope he gets down safely," and the other half, "Oh, I wonder what happened if he jumped." Right. You know, you know, it's just that human nature within people. We're kind of ghoulish like that. Yep. But it would take some serious life problems or a real issue mentally to want to go to the top of a roof and jump off. Yeah. Uh, the police did their due diligence and actually caught the man as he attempted to jump off the roof, according to the Telegram and Gazette. Yeah. I wasn't there. I don't know. Although I can understand why one would want to jump, people who lived in Worcester their entire lives losing their homes to gentrification. Oh. That could be one reason. Divorce is at an all-time high. Yeah. That could be another reason. Donald Trump, that could be another reason. There's actual reasons why someone would want to break, someone would break and want to end it all. But I'm glad that the man was safely taken down and no one was hurt from the incident. Now, hopefully, he'll get the help that he needs. Yeah, I hope he gets the help. Get the help there, boy. And I hope you weren't trying to kill yourself because you were having a bad moment with your loved one. Yep. You know? I hope that you guys, if it was that, that you can reconcile and, and come to an understanding of either stay together, arms and flowers and candy, or see ya, uh, you know, I'm going to miss you and cry, but I'm not going up on the roof again right. and jump off in the rain. Yep. This is another case of someone who really does have mental issues. Yeah. Uh, I know you think a lot of people aren't uh, depressed. I do. But there are definitely some people who are. And this man, yeah, for him to stand in the rain and, and be wanting to jump and walking back and forth on the ledge. He was sad. He needed, he wanted attention. Big time. Look at me. Yep. He, he wanted some serious attention and there had to have been something to really make him want to do that. So yeah. you think divorce is, you think relationship problems are one of the main reasons why someone would commit suicide? I think people's. People's egos are just that fragile that if you know they they feeling like I'm I really love this person and and how come this person isn't reciprocating and 
then they start to pile on these things. What's wrong with me? And then all this justification. I have to justify to myself why I can't. There's no justification. Mm -hmm. I can't find a reason why. And then it becomes I'm such a loser. You know, it's all turned inward and stuff from the person. We had that but a couple, not a couple, but a year ago, that that girl, I don't know what happened to her now, but I hope she's still in jail forever. Talk the guy into killing himself. Yep. Uh, she has not been, I don't think she's in jail, has been sent to jail yet. A texter says he would have only broken, have he would only have broken legs anyway. And was it mental issues or gentrification and Donald Trump? We don't know. There's, the, they, there's no reports on why the man wanted to jump out yet. Uh, it's all just pure speculation. But yes, he would have only had broken legs anyways. Unless that was. Dove. That, unless, <laughs> yes, unless he dove. But uh, there is, I remember in the 80s, I heard a story, and this is a true story about a man who wanted to get a girl's attention. So he went and, and she was not interested in him at all. So he went and he jumped to take his own life and he survived. And he was wheelchair bound. He thought like this for the rest of his life. And uh, he was in a... Uh, he went from school to he went to school to talk to people about suicide and and how sometimes if you survive, the thing, <laughs> yeah. you know the 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 most horrors, of the times you survive. Yeah, most of the time you survive, and the horrors you have to live with, you have to live with sometimes trying to take your own life. So he tried to take his own life, and he was wheelchair bound, and he was, uh, you know, his his whole. His whole thing was messed up. He would say he would say things like, "I used to want to go to the store and hang out with my friends, but not anymore. I don't have any friends." Like his friends, yeah. he lost his friends. Oh, yeah. He lost everybody in his life. His life completely changed because he was wheelchair bound. His face was disfigured, and uh, I remember in the uh, going to element, they had him going to elementary school, and it scared the heck out of me. Truth, <laughs> they need to watch who they have come to elementary school now. Yeah, uh, the texter says. Uh, women, they'll make you do stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I, women, I women definitely would. That's the, I don't, I, I don't get it either. You know, there's, there's a whole bunches of women out there. It's like, please, guys, if, if that's the reason, you know. Oh, I get it. I get it completely true. Yeah. Even in high school, every single fight that I was a part of, and every single fight that I saw somehow traced back to a woman in yeah. some way, even if it wasn't directly from a woman. Someone said to, I was at a party. Someone said something to my girlfriend fight. Uh, a, a girlfriend says, I'm going to get my boyfriend to beat you up. The other boy says, you get him and I'll beat you up. I'll be, I'll smack him and I'll smack you. She goes, tells her boyfriend, her boyfriend comes from another school with 30 people. Then 30 of us had to fight 30 of them. There's always stuff like that. That always starts from a woman somehow. Even women, when they fight, it starts. I know you ain't trying to take my man. It, uh, everything is ran on sex between men and women. Everything in the world. Somehow we're about to go to war with North Korea. There's a woman issue somehow, somewhere. I bet you if I dig deep enough, I'll find, I don't know, if Donald Trump maybe messed with <laughs> Kim Jong-un's wife or something like that or threatened to grab her by the vajayjay or something like that. I don't know, but I, I can trace it back to a woman troop. I can. I'll do it. <laughs> I don't know. I did I did have my suicide annihilation, I guess. Very fleeting, very... It really wasn't. It was over the girl Charlene. 
Oh, I love Sobbing. And she left she left me for the guy with the conked hair and the do-rag mm-hmm. and the silk shirts and all this stuff. Yeah. And I I was going to teach her, so I was joining the military and go off to fight in Vietnam and die. But I wanted to join the military anyways. Yep. <laughs> it was just an excuse to ask what I'd do, you know, just kind of dumb, dumb talk. Yeah, that guy died. She's, wow. She's still short, kind of round. And her brother died for hanging with him and stuff. I, I'm still here, Charlie. But just <laughs> <laughs> you missed the little, mark on that one. You, yeah, you're a little. She's short. Proud of that. <laughs> All right. Well, and, I'm glad your story had a happy ending, Troop. That's it. Yeah. I got to go over to see what war was all about. So I, I satisfied my curiosity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, you know. Just quickly on, on patriotism, everybody talking now about the military and the patriotism and stuff. Mm-hmm. If any of them soldiers were like me when I was just a young 19-year-old, 18-year-old mm-hmm. kid going off to... All I wanted to see was what it was like. It was curiosity. What uh-huh. the patriotism, right? Right. You know, that's all it was. A young superstar kid. Well, that's one facet of it. I think. Uh, I think all uh, people that men are in the army, they have more than one reason for going. Yeah. One of them might be they want to sightsee. Another reason why, but you know that patriotism ends up coming along with it as a byproduct. I, I never really met anybody. I <laughs> hear the. Because I want to uh, defend the rights of other people in the country. That might be so far down the list it never comes up. It's <laughs> like, what are you here for? Well, you know, I didn't have nothing to do, so I joined the military. <laughs> I wanted to go get an education. I, I wanted to travel the world. I wanted to see what it was like, you know, in, in different cultures. I wanted to kill. I wanted to eat raw meat. You know, for... It, Way down the bottom some places for old glory and motherhood and all those things. And then you yeah, wonder why like, troops get treated like crap when they come back, because y'all don't care about the people that y'all sworn to protect. We went over there and protected them. It wasn't about democracy. Yeah, yeah, Most yeah. Most of the people, when I was in, like, we had one guy, Hog, he could he had like three G's in his name. H-O-G-G-G-G. <laughs> He was up some mountain in Georgia. Uh-huh. He really wasn't a, he was a good soldier and everything. You know, he couldn't spell democracy. Wow. <laughs> Most of the guys in there couldn't spell democracy. Well, uh, just like your story had a happy ending, Troop, yeah. I'm glad that this story with this I man who too. wanted to jump had a happy ending because it would have been a totally different conversation if he would have successfully jumped and taken his life. He didn't. So that's a good story. Yeah, so that's a good ending and, and to that story. Over, if it's over a woman, go on and become super successful. Do something. Win a Nobel Prize. You know, and something like that. And, yep. And make her really feel bad about it. Just you. get money. Remember, yeah. Jay-Z said there's no such thing as an ugly millionaire. <laughs> no. So uh, another next story is high incarceration rates raise crime in Worcester neighborhoods. Um, I didn't think that this was, this didn't make sense to me when I first read that headline. If they're in jail, then how are they committing crimes in the neighborhoods? So that, that's what made me uh, think about it. But the idea that too many people are given prison sentences instead of treatment for addictions and mental ailments is nothing new, but a new study released by an independent Boston think tank 
sad about the think tank, uh, urging criminal justice reform uses Worcester's neighborhoods to support that theory, yeah. mapping in detail where offenders live and suggesting that crime in some areas might actually be driven by high rates of imprisonment. You would think that locking people up who are creating disorder is always a bene- is always beneficial. But if you're putting a lot of people away for nonviolent offenses, it reduces the stigma attached to going to prison and makes it less of a deterrent. Ben Foreman, research director at Mass Inc., said in the announcing results of the September 25th report uh, titled The Geography of Incarceration in a Gateway City. The 18 page report confirms what many would suspect. The bulk of people placed behind bars live in rougher neighborhoods, but by presenting the data alongside other neighborhood measures, voting records and school discipline, chiefly, it suggests that poor neighborhoods may be caught in a cycle of crime driven as opposed to relieved by incarceration of lawbreakers. What are your thoughts, Troop? Well, that's such a big, 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 big. Big, huge topics. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna break it down for you. Okay. Worcester, you know, it's, it's, it's Worcester's going through gentrification right now. Yep. Gentrification from Worcester is, is they're improving the face of Worcester on an economic level. Yep. They're bringing in bigger um, kind of industries. I'm not sure where all the industries are. Some of them are insurance. Some of them, are, but these industries that they're bringing in, high end industries. Mm-hmm. You know, they're building hotels, they're building condominiums, they're yep. building all these these fancy things and, and and all this like this. Somebody lived there before. Okay. You know, they have to go someplace else. Right. They can't go to the high-end place because they, they can't afford it. They can't afford it. Just like you look at Clark University. Yep. The, the, all the surrounding area around Clark University are literally for dorms. Yep. You know, yep. the people that lived there had to move over into this side over here, and now they can, they're all confined in a smaller and smaller and smaller place. Yep. And now we got such an uh, influx of drugs because of the air care place. Yep. And I, I'm going to say it again. We got a huge influx of drugs because of the air care place. Mm-hmm. It's, a great, it's a great idea to have a place where the, the uh, people that are uh, uh, addicted to drugs can go and get clean, you know? But that's the end of the place there. They go and get clean and they get outpatient treatment. Mm-hmm. And they leave. Right. And they're on the streets. But they're not going to the street over here that's being, uh, that's getting a new facelift and all this. They're going to the street over here mm-hmm. where they can get the drugs that they want because now they're clean, so they're back out here. They got to do... Well, what do you know? I don't know anything. I've been doing drugs for the last five years. The world kept going, and I stood still. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're just right back here doing what they need to do. And what they need to do was was kind of survival skills on the lowest level. So that's crime. Yep. <laughs> you know, so, of course, the neighborhoods that look the poorest and stuff are going to be inundated with more crime because... They are. But you still would think that uh, policing would be a deterrent, wouldn't you? 
no, policing's not a determinant to anything anymore. Mm. But I have to give the police in Worcester, I got to give some of them a kudos. They're starting to get themselves in shape. Right. I, I, I'm, I'm starting to see that. I'm not seeing the guy that's 40 pounds overweight whose belly's hanging out from the bottom of his shirt. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's like you're not a determinant to anything. Right. You can't, you know, and they're starting to be more visible. So I'll give them that, that they're starting, at least in that regard, to to be able to be that deterrent just by their presence. It's still not there, mm-hmm. but it's starting to be there. So it's not a deterrent to crime. And then going to prison isn't like it used to be. Prisons now, you go to prison and you, if you go there with no skills, and then you go into this environment that where everybody... The, the, the major population in there has these survival skills that's street level. Mm-hmm. You come out there with more survival skills than street level than you went in with. Right. So uh, it's not a deterrent. It's actually a, 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 a growing place for some right. kind of crime. Hey, the state spent $25 million on inmates from the city at the Worcester County Jail and House of Corrections. Uh, it, this was in 2013. The study found double what it spent to fund Quinn Sigmund Community College. Yeah. So, uh, you know, money's also an issue as well when it comes to that. But the city of Worcester and other cities around the country are now starting to understand that throwing drug abusers in jail for 30 days or whatever for minor crimes is only an invitation to commit more crimes. Exactly. It doesn't do anything. Nope. And but what they they're failing to understand, or they don't want to understand, because they can't they can't really justify the amount of money that it's going to take. And this is what I'm feeling that it's going to take, and, and just is just my own espin- uh, uh, my own idea is two years mm-hmm. to get somebody who's been who's a drug addicted to be able to. To be a, a functional civilian, they could use some of that twenty-five million to incarcerate yeah. people to fix yeah, it. Though it's, it's going to take two years, and because you can't cookie cut it either. Uh, okay, uh, right. So, but the good thing is, because the good thing about that is now at least the response is you can either go to jail or go to rehab for those arrested with drug-related crimes. Not on, not the sellers, though. The sellers who sell the drugs, they, they go, to, go jail. to jail. They got no choice. They go to jail. Yeah. Uh, they take their crooked letter, A-double crooked letters to jail. They don't have a choice. Uh, but now they are using Worcester neighborhoods to prove that throwing people in jail for minor crimes not only costs the state money, but it also costs the city money, and it does nothing to deter crimes in Worcester. Matter of fact, it does the opposite. It raises the crime. It, that's what I just said. It, right. Yep. Raise, but, it, 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 that's all it can do. But, but to, to, give, to give them the option of jail or rehabilitation, mm-hmm. that doesn't work either. Right. That, that's exactly what I was about to say. <laughs> what is the solution? Allow criminals to walk free or give them harsher sentences? So they don't get out as soon as they do. Like, what are you gonna? What are you gonna do? It's no secret that the majority of people arrested come from rough neighborhoods. That's yeah. like duh, and they're part of the reason why the neighborhood is rough. But you have to think uh, about ways to improve the neighborhoods so that many of the people have other options to turn to instead of crime. Like, and this pours into another story that we're about to do about rooming houses and how people in the rooming houses are the drug abusers. They've been overdosing. 
at a highest, uh, at a, the overdose rate has skyrocketed in rumor houses. When you send addicts to rehab, how long they are supposed to stay there, and is the time sufficient enough for them to actually break the habit, which is no. It's exactly, it's no. The rehab, even if it's 30, 45 days, 60 days and stuff, it's not enough. Nope. You need two years. About. It, I and think, even that's not... And Yeah, it can't be just two years of sitting down on your duck doing nothing. Right. It's two years of learning some social skills that you you haven't used in so long that they're gone. Yep. You know, they're just real. So, and, and giving people an, uh, a chance to to regain that creative thinking that they had and, and, and they might want to be something. Right. You don't know. Right. But, just say you can either go to rehab or you can go to jail. They go to rehab and you can side yourself out. Yep, and just like you said, who's going to pay for it? Because it sounds more expensive than how much uh, the state pays for those uh, incarcerated. Yeah, it's all, it's all coming down to money. I'm a firm believer that the lack of funding is what spikes high crime neighborhoods. Then again, it takes a perfect storm of financial and policing and good people to uh, turn neighborhoods around. It's a perfect storm. It can't just be one of the three things. Policing isn't going to do it alone. Financial isn't going to do it alone. And uh, good people isn't going to do it alone. They all have to be three in unison. And it's tough because sometimes it takes one bad apple to sour the entire neighborhood. There's another story in Southbridge. In a, about an apartment complex as a retirement community for people in their 60s. It's like a really oh, complex, yep, a big complex. Yeah. And they allowed some young uh, people to move in that were on disability. And unfortunately, those young people, those few young people brought in drugs, brought in prostitution, yeah. and brought in violence. And that messed up the entire uh, community. Yeah. The whole community now is uh, messed up that, because of a couple of bad apples. That's that stuff's bad. We had a texter. He he says, it, it, it is what it is. Why isn't this broadcast on ABC, NBC, CBS, ESPN, Nightline, and 60 Minutes? Well, thank you, texter. Yeah, it should be. I agree 100%. Yep, hopefully it will be yeah. one day. We need to be on all, all the stations throughout the world. Right. Everybody needs to know. Yep. They, they need to know. And everybody does need to know that. You really just can't throw words and, and, and some empathy and, oh, that's too bad for the poor person. Mm-hmm. I feel so bad. It doesn't do anything to the problem and it doesn't go away. And crime, crime is easy to commit. Yep. Especially when you know you're not going to get any real, real kind of beating for doing the crime. Right. But now they're saying that the beating for the crime shouldn't happen in some crimes. Yeah, and then and then the crime too. Before we get off it, the crime has another flip side to it that that I think is is um, it needs to be looked at the Corby system. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people get off the crime; they actually they've actually in, in invested within their lives and stuff, and then the Corby holds them back. That that brings about a whole lot of, of anger. I think that the Corby system should not be a deterrent for people to get hired, but I think it's very important for that Corey system to be there so people can know who they're getting. Just like the woman, she was dating the man, and the man ended up killing her kids and then trying to kill her. It's because she didn't know that he was a sex offender. Yeah, in in information type of things, 
okay, but is right. it say, well, you know you have a Corby, so you can't have the job. Right. Now, it's like, but I, I've, I've rehabilitated myself. I re-educated myself. I yep. shined my shoes. Yep. You know? Yep. I, I, you know, I pulled my pants up. I've done all these things like this here, and now you're saying because when I was the person ple- being the fool, I have to wear that mantle for the rest of my life. Right. That ha- that, that definitely it, does have to change. It needs to change. Yep. It needs to change. Uh, I have a brother who's been in and out of jail almost his entire life, and he'll. Ne- it, it, it's just difficult to find a job and want to turn your life around. Yeah. But sometimes, you know, when you get in and out of jail, you don't want to turn your life around. No, you I- want to continue to live yeah. the way you were living. Well, I... See, I don't even know if that's necessarily true. So I think a lot of them are forced to continue to live that way. There's no other choice. They know they're not going to get a job, just like you said. So yeah. I don't know. It, maybe it's, it's tricky. Yeah, it is tricky. Yeah, and and, and it, it it just came. It can't be. It can't be um, fixed by a room full of um, nice people. Right. You got to have some dirt in that room. Too. Yep. <laughs> you know. It, 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 not nice dirty. You got to have some dirty, smelly, nasty dirt in that room too. You're going to tell the, let the people know this is exactly how it is. Not this little fairy tale world that you're producing over here. This is the reality of the world out here. It certainly is. <laughs> well, uh, so those in those bad neighborhoods hoping and waiting for crime to be turned around. The Bible says in First Thessalonians 5.14, and we urge you brothers, admonish the idle encourage the faint-hearted help the weak and be patient with them all things will turn around for you i firmly believe it you just have to be patient and wait for it sound like archangel uh, okay all right wednesday from three to four <laughs> on blogtalkradio.com slash archangel a return to chivalry uh admonish the idol encourage the faint-hearted help the weak that's the that's the most important oh, thing yeah. help the weak and be patient with them all being patient is a way to deal with that stuff and hopefully we'll see a change in these crime rates and and uh i don't know i don't know when you go to talk about the uh housing situation yep we're going to talk about the uh uh the overdoses overdoses in converted rooming houses soar during opioid crisis we'll talk about that when we come back on truth it in the a.m Are you a manufacturer, dealer, or distributor in the following industries? Agricultural equipment, material handling, construction machinery, power generation, commercial and retread tires, transport refrigeration, marine, heavy trucks, automobile, temperature control, utility vehicles, maintenance and repair, or something else? Then Curry Management is for you. Distribution analysis, dealerization, and dealer distributor development are the top three services provided to manufacturers. We at Curry Management provide this along with the best practices groups, profit improvement workshops, merger and acquisitions, business valuations, and leadership management development to dealers and distributors. Do you own a closely held private company? We at Curry Management provide business continuation services, succession planning, leadership development, and other staff-related management training. Curry Management pride themselves at always being ready to assist manufacturers, dealers, and distributors with today's business challenges. Help yourself. Connect with Curry Management. www.currymanagement.com, 292 Lincoln Street in Worcester, 508-752-9229.
Have you recently been in an accident? Did you back into another vehicle? Hit a shopping carriage in a parking lot? Or is your car in need of general repair? If your answer is yes, then ENC Auto Body is the place for you. ENC Auto Body is Worcester's premier auto body shop. We have collision specialists and licensed appraisers on site, and we make sure that you receive the best service you can find. Results are always amazing, and we take pride in making your experience with us at ENC as painless as possible. Drop your car off and rest easy knowing that your car is in the best care. But be forewarned, your car may come out looking better than it did before your unfortunate situation. ENC Auto Body, we're here if you need us. Located at 16 DeMarco Terrace in Worcester. Call us at 508-799-0014 and 774-329-7334. Serve weekdays for those who want to dine in is basil and spice lunch specials. For $11.95, you have your choice of garlic pork, lemongrass chicken, pad king chicken, or spicy tofu and vegetable. All lunch specials include a salad and tie rolls. Basil and spice lunch specials are available Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Stop by and try out the lunch specials. Hey, everybody loves Chinese food. I know I do, but what makes good eats for me are the crab rangoons. We searched high and low for fresh, natural, good-tasting food, and that's when we were fortunate enough to come across Shangri-La. <laughs> Absolutely. And not only are the crab rangoons fantastic, but everything I've ordered for them has been exquisite and flavorful. They have timely takeout orders, but if you want to eat there, you're in for one of the most beautiful dining areas, period. You can tell. They made every effort to create a clean, friendly environment. Trust me, you are guaranteed to have a great experience. Everyone is welcome to experience the best Crab Rangoons. And everything else in Shangri-La, Fairyland. Shangri-La, 50 Front Street, Worcester, 508-798-0888. Call and order some great, great food, food now. now. Order online at ShangriLaRestaurant.net. And we are back. It is your boy, Truth It Up, Truth It in the AM. I am back with the one and the only Trooper Joe is in the building. Troop, uh, so you wanted to, which one, did, which story do you want to go with, Troop? Do you want to go with the, um, the overdose in the rooming house, or did you want to talk about that report uh, about the uh, tenants in Southbridge, that uh, the the older complex that was moved in by the uh, the the a couple of young people that ended up ruining the whole thing? I think both of them they both of them have a, a connection. Yep. But I quickly quickly on the on the old people. Yep. And stuff, you know. Um, Folks, this is a news splash. All right, this is a news splash. You mm-hmm. know, the old people. You, you know, you know who they used to be. <laughs> the young people. They used to be, yeah, the young people of the sixties. Yep. They've been doing drugs for a long time, folks. Mm-hmm. And then they got old and injured because they then a lot of those people that you see in some of these 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 houses and they look all old and pathetic and and down and out and everything 
that's how they lived their lives, and they were on a lot of medication and stuff like that. So to look at that situation, you just can't point. That's not a pointed situation. Right. You don't even know the the person supplying the drugs might be the old person supplying his pharmaceutical drugs to these young people that moved in there. Mm. You don't know. Mm-hmm. You, you can't make that assumption just because they're old now that they, they've changed they don't know anything. It's like the sixties folks <laughs> was the intro, the introducing era for all this stuff that you're seeing now. It really wasn't addressed. It was the party time of of the United States of America. And you can call them the old people if you want to, but they're well versed in the art of, of drug manipulation. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's what I wanna say about the old people. I don't wanna go into it. Big diatribe, right. but that's what I want to say. But they're the old, they're the uh, old, they're the old people now. Troop now, now they're the old people, and it's the young people that then came up in those apartment complexes and messed it up for everybody. Yeah, yeah the old people is nice and high and not bothered. <laughs> I know old people, seventy-five years old, roll a bone with one hand. Yep, <laughs> smoke it up like this. What? Hey, this is medical. Right. <laughs> All right. So let's get into the overdoses in the conferred, converted rooming houses soar during opioid crisis. Uh, were this to Cambridge or Somerville, the C.H. Fitch house at 15 Oriad Street, which is one of the neighborhoods that they are doing in that Boston report about the bad neighborhoods where yeah. criminals get constantly arrested and it makes the neighborhood worse. A stately brick antique with Italianate and Gothic revival features might <laughs> fetch a hundred right might fetch a million dollars in Cambridge or Somerville. Uh, the same could be said for its next door neighbor, the Edward Stark House, a Queen Anne Victorian at twenty one Oriad Street. But Main South is not Cambridge or Somerville, <laughs> not in the slightest. Okay. Uh, Main South and Somerville, they all they both have. Uh, um, not Main South and Somerville, Cambridge and, Summer, and, yeah. and Somerville both have gentrification. They don't have gentrification at Main South yet. No, this is, seems to be a uh, introduction to yeah, we got to do something about Main South. Let's uh, let's bring in a new industry and technology and something and kick all the people out. <laughs> right. Uh, the circa 1878 Fitch House and the 1880 Stark House Victorians converted into rooming houses, both on the National Register of Historic Places. Both are also among the top heroin overdose locations in Worcester. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'm stupid. <laughs> I'm not stupid, but maybe. Aren't, uh, heroin and opioids two different things? No. They'll come from the same poppy plant. Okay, so heroin is an opioid. Yeah. Okay, see, I was under the impression that opioids were pills that you get from, like, CVS or you get from robbing a store, you get from street drugs, not heroin. See, what they're doing is opioids, I I forget which one, opioids or opioids, one Mm. is for the whites and one is for the blacks. Oh, okay. (laughs) So the poor poor people get the, the, the worst one. The opiate or opioid, whatever they are. The rich people, oh, the poor, they got pharmaceutical drugs that, that made them into junkies and stuff like that. Right. Eventually, everybody get on the heroin, which is the cheaper part of, of, the, of, of the opioid. Ah, okay. Yep. Oh, oh. 
Yeah, it's all the same. Right, I thought and it was the same fentanyl thing. Fentanyl is, is is introduced into into the um, pill forms and stuff. The pills might even be more dangerous. They're more expensive and they're more dangerous because they have a higher potency than the heroin. Okay, uh, at 15 Oriad Street, 11 opiate heroin overdoses. Oh, see, they separate opiate and heroin. They separated them. Uh, overdoses were reported in the year-long period between September 1st, 2016 and August 31st, 2017. So the opioid heroin epidemic, because it's in the poor neighborhood of Maine South. Yes. So that's opioid. Opiate. The opiate. So yep. the opioid is for the rich people who okay. live up on the hill. All right. Okay. It's the, it's the same stuff. That is the same thing. They okay. They just use different words. Terminology. Okay. Yeah. Yep, according to police records, that put 15 Oriad in a tie for second most in the city at that time. With those 11 calls coming from a rooming house within with 12 units, 15 Oriad, in a manner of speaking, was battling close to 1.000 on overdose calls. It certainly sounds that way to me, Barbara Haller of the Shepherd King National Neighborhood Association a former city councilor for the Maine South District. Ms. Haller drew a comparison to the formerly notorious Albion Rubing House at 765 Main Streets, long emblematic of urban blight in the neighborhood. With 68 units, the Albion recorded seven overdose calls during the same year-long period, according to police. Yeah. So, uh, Oriad Street, by far, has more, the most opioid uh, deaths. Yeah, but they're going into the to the, the um what is it, Albino House? The, Albion. The Albion House. They're yep. going in there and renovating the place. Yep. Because it has that history, and they've been they're moving all those people out. They're putting yep. them in nursing homes and yep. places, and and these people are really not getting treated well when they're moving out. Of they lost all their independence and everything. So at least that building there, I see that across the street from the Y all the time. Mm-hmm. A lot of the the things have gone down because the people have been moved out. And if they get moved out, they got to go someplace else. Well, that brings the question back, though. What is the solution? The solution, they can't keep the same environment of people overdosing in the building, so they have to move them out. And yeah. they're going to have to move them out of 15 Oriad, too. Well, I think part of the solution is a police presence, not a police response. You know, mm-hmm. I think I think that because the police are the ones that they... They're giving most of the Narcan to and all these things like that. Give them pamphlets to and make them go on the circuit rounds and check these places periodically. Not not sporat not a sporadic period, but an actual. All right, nine o'clock, ten o'clock, eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock. Right, right, go in around there, the clock. Check yep. It out. Make sure that the people aren't doing drugs in there. Mm-hmm. Well. Will they be able to make sure that the people are not doing drugs? Of course not. But the deterrence to that is going to be felt eventually if it's happening all the time. Right. It's going to be harder to get yeah. drugs into the place. In, in, yeah. So I think that's a proactive means of, of trying to trying to stop the people from overdose. Will they overdose outside now and people will be seeing dead bodies on the street? Yeah. You know, but... did, did the police are able to better control the outside than they are the inside. So then yep. that slows down. But it's it's not going to chase the drugs away, but it, it it's going to make it so that it becomes harder for the people to do the drugs. Okay. Now it's not hard. 
and the person inside the play, they're not skilled. They they got street knowledge on. Wow, my man turned blue. I wonder if he's all right. <laughs> uh, a texter says they just uh, graduated some people into the police academy. There's not yeah, enough police to go week. around. So the police won't be able to, they can't sit in people's houses. They can't uh, sit in, you know, people's apartments and see if they're doing drugs or not. So you have to have some sort of check-in when they come into the building or not. Yeah, I didn't say that, sit in the houses. I, I said make the rounds, make their presence felt, go inside the place. The police will come, pull up with your little car and stuff like that and go in there and, and say, all right, all right, what's going on? How's everybody doing? And you need anything? What's going on? Everybody feeling all right? Is uh-huh. everybody sick or anything? Not go in there like a Gestapo. Go in there like a somebody that's who's who 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 the emblem on the car says protect and serve. Go in there in that regard. Uh, a texter says a texter says that they live over in Maine South and people are dumping trash and that it's bad over there. Yeah, clean it the is. trash up. Yeah, Maine Maine South is Maine South has been receiving. More people, more people that don't care nothing about, they're not even Worcesterites. They, they're receiving people in Maine South who come from all, all other areas of, of New England uh, or even the rest of the country. They have no, they have no connection to Worcester. They have no, 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 no umbilical cord to Worcester. They, mm-hmm. You know, they, they're from other places. So, yeah, they, they'll dump trash on that. Because it doesn't, it doesn't give them, it doesn't make them feel bad. Right. You know, what's the person, you might have some, oh man, yeah, I ain't going to do that. Just my neighborhood. Right. You know, they don't, they don't have that. Yep. Yeah. And so that's, that's a problem. Right. That's a problem. Uh, next door to 15 Oriad Street is 21 Oriad Street. So in this one year period to September 1st to September 1st, uh, 15 Oriad had 11 overdoses. 21 Oriad had eight overdose calls in the same 12-month period, and the culture troop is out of control. Exactly. There's 19 overdoses in a place that you can put in a paper. Yep, and less than a block. Ridiculous, less than a block. And you're not not finding an easy solution to being a deterrent to that. You're not going to chase it away, like I said. Yep. But you just, if the police just go inside the building, ask how's people doing, Mm -hmm. you know, the the it 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 the, the building they might have a community room and stuff. Everybody come down the community room, see how you're doing. There's anything I can help. Stop being the police that you're supposed to be. Not the not not come. Oh, got a call. Got to go over here. Yeah, another overdose. Yep. Yep. Getting a whole lot of them. Yeah, got to go over here. Another overdose. Yeah. No, it's another. Might be another dead person. The overdose might be too late. So yep. I, I mean, this got you take a proactive stance on these things and stop just filling them up with a lot of a lot of just words. Yep, uh, a texter says, standing at the bus stop on any day, I could pick up ten people easy for drug use or for prostitution. Oh. Yes, on Main South, it is a it's an infestation. Oh man, of uh, drug abuse and, and prostitution. I, it is bad I, over it's there. Bad. It's it's ridiculous. Prostitution. I had the worst incident with the prostitution I ever saw in my life last, I think it was last year, the year before. I was running, because sometimes on his Elm Park, the little circular place outside across yep. the street, got that wooded area. Yep. So I was running, so I came in where the Doherty entrance was, mm-hmm. and there's a little hill I came up over the hill. Mm-hmm. 
I came up over this hill. This guy and girl came down from from the hill where the flag is up the top. Yep. She tore off her her bottom half of her clothes, grabbed hold of a tree leaning over, and this boy mounting her like a dog. And I'm like, people have rutted here. Right. <laughs> Are you serious? I mean, yeah, yeah, it's out of control. There was no shame. That was the, it It was the, it, it was unbelievable to me. And, I, and I've been, I've seen some crazy stuff. There was no shame. No nope. shame. It was, uh, that's the thing I think that really, really kind of made my eyes go, what? Right. No shame. Uh, on top of that, not only is there <laughs> drugs in uh, those Victorian houses, uh, of the seven, uh, the seven top uh, opiate heroin overdose locations in the city uh, in the last year, four are buildings on the National Register of Historic Places, Union Station, 15 Oriad Street, James Schofield, Schofield House at 3 Mount Pleasant Street, and 21 Oriad Street. Uh, that just goes to what I'm saying about they don't have any pride because they're not from here. Nope. Um also, there are two level three sex offenders that live at the residence at 15 Oriad Street. I, I, I don't know nothing about sex offenders. I don't get this about the pedophilia and all. I, I don't understand that stuff. You So there's there's uh, sex offenders that live throughout the city. Yeah. And you like, can look up a registry and find out where they live. Like I know where I live. There's about, I think, two or three that live in the uh, general area of where I live. So that that's always a good that's good to know I think. Well, I mean it's good to know where where there's predators in your neighborhood, especially if you have children or something like that. Yep. Yeah, but but I, I don't get why anybody does it. It's like, come on, man, are you right. crazy? You know you're going to get caught for one, and what thrilled is it going to be to molest some child? Yep. You know, and you don't have to work that hard. Because there's a whole lot of, t- <laughs> you know, you be a nice, respectable person and, and clean and, and, and dignified. There's lots of women out there that want to scoop that up. Right. You yep. know? <laughs> uh, so the opioid epidemic has taken the country by storm, not just yeah. Worcester. Oh, and there seems to be no end in sight. Yeah, they're, they're putting Band-Aids all over the place. I believe it's Texas where they're giving out tents to the homeless. They're giving them names like, well, these people are just homeless. Yeah, okay, just homeless. Right. You know, they're homeless for a reason. They, they A lot of them are hooked on drugs and stuff. If, if somebody looks like they're the, the crypt keeper and stuff, there's some drugs going on. Right, there, right. You know? So uh, one of the suggestions is when uh, someone gets arrested with drugs on them, Opiates is one of the types of potential crime where you can go to rehab as opposed to jail, which sounds nice, yeah. but I don't believe it deters people from for the most part because they just like you said earlier, they don't go to rehab for long enough. No, and 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 this 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 mindset of in in a lot of the people that's helping people out there, and I think they get this mindset because they they focused a lot on the people who do these motivational speaking type of engagements that mm-hmm. that have made it, you know? They used to be on drugs, and then they clean this, their act up, and they're living a the life, and they, they say, ah, oh, I like this life that I'm living, and this is what I used to be, and I kind of mm-hmm. hold to this stuff. 
that's fine. They're the minority, actually. Yep. The majority of these people that's out there on drugs, they don't want to get off drugs. Right, they don't. They like doing the drugs. They don't like the, the, the consequences that happen. They don't, but they like doing the drugs. They don't want to get off. And of the it. reason why is because they don't have to pay rent at these rooming houses. Yeah. You have these rooming houses, a.k.a. drug houses, where landlords get paid for housing by the people of the city. They get paid they so they make their money. Whether you pay your rent or not, if I was a druggie and I wasn't living in one of these rooming houses, yeah. I wouldn't have to, I don't have to pay rent because no. the city pays it for me. Yeah. Uh, which means a lot of these tenants have no structure and no alternative to combat the addiction. That's the whole thing. They have there's they have an empty toolbox. So, you know, if they, there's there's nothing to combat the addiction. Right. For. Uh, to me, I, I think the suggestion should be the rooming houses have to become something. That a person who moves in to the rooming houses must be part of a program to help them improve their quality of life. Yeah. Not a comfortable place to overdose at. An active program. Yep. An active program. Something that's got a a little bite to it. Something that's going to, not just a, 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 a circle, peace circle type of event where you can sit around and tell your little war stories and everything. Yep. That ain't gonna, and then after the event's over, you go out and do your drugs. It might help one. It ain't going to help the majority. They need to have something that's active, something that's going to say, here, you got homework. You want to stay here? Mm-hmm. You read this book. Right. And then I want to report on this book. I'm here to help you so you learn how to read and do the report on this book. Just like they were if they were in kindergarten starting over again. And if if you don't do this, you can't stay here. Right. You know? It's, yep. And they, and they have to do drug testing every drug, week. Uh, yeah, every All day. kinds of things. Yep. Uh, I'm and not the drug tested. They know how to get around the drug testing. Yeah. They know how to get it. And then we have to. There's the, another thing that, that I think that should be really done. They should hold the, the people that's running the houses and owning the houses. They should hold them in a higher a higher watch. They accountability account because there's a lot of poverty pimps out there yep. who let things slide just to get that money that you was talking about. Yeah, uh, a texter says no doors on the bedrooms, timed bathroom use. Yeah, they have to be a lot more structured than they are now. Yeah, it's like, and and I'm sure that you know the people in there they they're not going to be pleased with that at first, but then once they start to 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 regain some control over their lives, they'll be all right with mm-hmm. that. Yep. But it takes a long, long time. And the touchy feely people out there, you're actually in the way. Yep. Because <laughs> you sometimes know? you're going to have to kick them out in the street. Yeah. And I'm not saying start kicking people out in the streets because no. they have addictions. But have you seen some of these people? Yeah. They are they are living the street life. How yep? How often are people getting arrested for bank robbery, store robbery, panhandling, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and come to find out they're addicted to opioids or other street drugs? Yeah. And those uh, that are who are fortunate enough to not live in the street are either in the rooming houses or the shelters, yeah. right? Rinsing and repeating the same days of looking for their next fix. Oh, my son! I lost a son to to, to heroin. You know. He was well versed in street. Yep. He knew about the street. He knew where to get this, where to get that, where the best food was, where the best shelter was, where to get the the best help for for what else he needed. He had diabetes and all kinds of stuff like it. it took him out. Yeah. But he didn't want to change. 
Mm-hmm. He didn't want to change. It's like, you know, it wasn't that, that he was in, he wasn't enjoying the life like, but he didn't want to change. Right. And it's it's one thing if you were just ruining your own life. You want to ruin yeah. your life, then fine. But when you are ruining an entire neighborhood, uh, it, the particular houses on Oriad Street aren't run well with zero structure, and it becomes an infestation for drug abuse and a neighborhood for high crime, high trafficking, and overall demoralizing neighborhoods. I once lived in a neighborhood on Beacon Street, uh, right near the Old Boys Club, where a shelter and an elementary school was in the same proximity, almost a block from each other, the shelter and the school, uh, on the same block even. My daughter and son used to walk to school. Well, one day, my daughter was approached by a grown man asking her to go behind the building. Uh, another time, uh, someone pulled a gun on my daughter. And this I'm not exaggerating a line. Someone pulled a, a gun on my daughter. It was later found out to be a BB gun, but she didn't know. And then another time, my son got hit by a car. Yeah. So, th- I mean, th- 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 all in that neighborhood. And after that, I just said, I got to get the heck out of there. Yeah. We got to move. It was just too It was just too much stuff to, to be in a neighborhood like that. And we left. And... Uh, you know, another day, another child. It, it's just those neighborhoods are bad because of these people with these addictions and these drugs. Yeah, I agree. The addiction and the drugs, and there's a lot of mental ill. The drugs, the drugs, and 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 you know, you can pretend that it doesn't affect you mentally, but it does. Yeah. There's no nothing when there's nothing going in that head. All you can do is spin around, and you get dizzy. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you can only think about the things that you know. And if you were doing drugs for the last ten years, you ain't no, you don't know much. Nope. You know, so the things that you've learned over those ten years aren't the th- they're good survival skills for living on the street and doing all kinds of stuff and acting the fool, but they're not conducive to to being part of a, a, a civilized society. Nope, not at all. No, no, it, it's it's rough, and I think that. I think that the police themselves should be engaged as police, not as Gestapo. Mm-hmm. You know, got enough Gestapo. Call Gestapo back up. You know, <laughs> if you if you need to. But they should be because there's still people. These people that are addicted to heroin and stuff, and they still have emotions. Their emotions might even be heightened because a lot of them just are miserable and they want a hug. Yep. You know, and and wow. and. Yeah, that's what they want. Some of them know. Mm-hmm. Some of them want to fight. Punch yep. them in the mouth. Yeah, you want to fight? Bang. Okay, how you like that? Oh, thank you. You know, someone else, you know, just might want a hug. They just want to be treated as though that I'm just somebody's child, too. I'm just like everybody else. I'm just like you. I'm just like everybody out here. They do it to each other, too. Yeah, They help each other in a way that... that that people in civilized neighborhoods don't. I mean, they really get connected with each other and look out for each other. Yep. Except when it comes to that final note about the drug, you know, that selfishness kind of kicks in. Right. But prior to that, they help each other. And you know the worst part is, Troop, is that there's these rooming houses for people on on heroin and on drugs and stuff like that. And now I'm not saying that it necessarily shouldn't, but if you are a working family and you're taking care of your business, they make it harder for you. Yeah. So they're they'll those will be the ones that leave first. The yeah. ones with, net, with gentrification, the yeah. good families that are at least trying to work and making minimum wage and are at least trying to better their lives and their children's lives are the ones that get kicked out of the city first. And yeah. then you're still left with the one with the opioids and the uh, other problems. Yeah, because then their needs aren't as great as as the other person. Right. 
their needs is getting high. Yep. They all everything else is, is like you said, it's been cared for. Right. So their need is getting high. And and in getting high, you're bringing in the gentrification. You're bringing in all these high-end people with money. And they don't want to be associated with these people in touch. But those people know if they go over there enough and they badger them and they get in their face, they're going to give them some money yep. to try to make them go away. They know that. That's part of their street strategy yep. on, on, you know, on tainting life. So, yeah, you, you lose the person who has the potential who live in life, you know, wanting to, to do the best he can for his family. And you gain the people that that are trying to trying to use the, the whatever means possible just to sustain existence. Yep. And that's bad. That's so that's 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 how it worked though. Yep. So please get in there. Ask right. them people how they're doing. You know? Just look at don't treat them like they're some lepers or something like that. Treat them just like they're people. And people treat the people just like they're people. And everybody listen to Archangel. Return, <laughs> Return to Chivalry. <laughs> Every Wednesday from 3 to 4 p.m. on blogtalkradio.com slash Archangel. A Return to Chivalry. That's all it is. Yep. Folks. It's showing some love. You don't have to really touch them, but a smile to somebody it goes a long way will it change their habits not at first but over time because that's the part that's not being in these equation is the real the real time yeah they think that well, this should be done because i said so right yeah you know it should be a week two i think two years minimum is what it would take for somebody to really Get off of heroin, yep, and off of some drugs. Because just because you're not shooting it up for a month, or you're not doing drugs for a month, but you got nothing else to do, now you start thinking, oh, I remember what it felt like the first time I did drugs. I, I probably can get that again, right? You know? Yeah, right back out there. So uh, yeah. that's just another challenge that the city of Worcester will have to deal with. In the uh, upcoming months and years, uh, well, the opioid epidemic. The gentrification is going to take out Maine South. Mm. They're going to they're going to redo Maine South, and they're hoping that the problem fixes itself. It's going to displace the people. Yep. That's what gentrification does. That's what they're hoping. Yeah. All right, Troop, what we're going to do is we're going to take another break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about Columbus Day. Columbus. The Columbus Day Parade that happened in Worcester. And the only about two or three people that actually showed up to watch it. I'm so happy. We're going to talk about that when we be back on uh, Truth It in the AM. Hey, Troop. I'm tired of looking for decent coffee. It's always either burned or way too bitter. But I found the best coffee I ever had, period. A friend of mine brought me to Yo Way Cafe, and the coffee was delicious, flavorful, and made right in front of me. Not only is the coffee great, but they have espressos, lattes, crepes, boba teas, smoothies, and froyo. Mmm, froyo. Take it from me, truth it, and make your way to Yoway. Yoway Cafe, 395 Park Ave, Worcester, 01610, or call 508-459-0611. A loyal customer like you deserves a sweet treat like Yoway. Working with some of the best Thai chefs 
Bator has brought her skills from Thailand and Israel to Worcester with basil and spice. Her desire to bring the taste of the homeland here is one of the reasons Basil and Spice was voted the best Thai restaurant in central Massachusetts. Their menu consists of the best tasting basil and chili, drunken noodle, steamed mussels, seafood basil pad thai, ginger chicken, and more. You can't go wrong with Basil and Spice. They offer catering as well. Being a master caterer, you can rest assured you'll be receiving the best full, self, and private catering events available. Basil and Spice stands by you receiving the incredible and authentic Thai dishes along with the best service at unbeatable prices. Accommodation to your needs is the key to success. You can also dine in at Basil and Spice located at 299 Shrewsbury Street, in Worcester. Their relaxed atmosphere always provides the most comfortable setting for you to dine in. Do yourself a favor and head on over to Basil and Spice Thai Cuisine. You won't regret it. Basil and Spice, 774-317-9986, 299 Shrewsbury Street in Worcester. Konnichiwa. Konnichiwa what? Konnichiwa. That's hello in Japanese. Man, if you want to say hello to me in Japanese, you may as well take me to 7 Nana Japanese Steakhouse. They have an outstanding sushi cuisine. Right. They also have modern styles of classic dishes and the friendliest staff. They are a cornerstone of the Worcester community and have been recognized for the quality of service they provide. And you know, I like my food fresh. And their lobster tails, my favorite, along with everything else on the menu. You know what? I'm about to order online right now. Hey, where are you going? I'm headed to 7 Nana Japanese right now. 7 Nana Japanese Steakhouse, 60 Shrewsbury Street in Worcester, 508-755-8888. www.7nanajapanese.com Hi, this is Trooper Joe of Archangel of Return to Chivalry, where we move in character development back to an era when it was seen as a privilege to do the right thing and extend a friendly and helping hand along with a loving hug to everyone. You can catch my show on blogtalkradio.com Slash Archangel of Return to Chivalry or on Facebook Live dot com slash Archangel Chivalry. Have that fun. Listen to Archangel of Return to Chivalry Wednesdays from 3 to 4. Truth It here, and I want to tell you guys about Sake Bomb Bistro. If you're in the mood for the best Asian cuisine you can find, look no further because Sake Bomb Bistro is the place for you. From their appetizers, sushi starters, and soups and salads, you can begin your meal with some flavorful dishes. And for the main course, you can try your hand at a wide variety of foods, such as the chef's special maki rolls, 
noodles and rice, and my favorite, Sake Bomb Bistro's exclusive spicy crab rangoons. If you like to sit at the sushi bar, Sake Bomb Bistro's friendly and creative sushi chef will perform his signature sushi sashimi and makimono in front of your eyes. Inside the kitchen, their artisan dishes are prepared and presented with creative artistry and premium ingredients. Their full cocktail bar serves the best Polynesian drinks and a great selection of wines and sakes. This is the perfect place for you and your family and friends for sake bomb fun. Check out their five-star rating on Yelp. Whenever people go to Sake Bomb Bistro, they always give rave reviews. They don't call Sake Bomb Bistro the bomb for nothing. For catering, go to www.sakebombistro.com or call 508-754-2426 or 508-754-2427. Sake Bomb Bistro, 258 Park Avenue in Worcester, 01609. Open Monday through Sunday. <laughs> All right, we are back. Truth in the AM here with Trooper Joe. And uh, yeah. So uh, we got uh, diversity on display for Columbus Day Parade in Worcester. That was the title diversity, of the Telegram uh, article. Diversity on display. Yep, for Columbus Day Parade in Worcester. I don't know what diversity they were talking about. <laughs> hey, I'll either. Uh, it, you any Italians? Oh, yeah, it had, it had the, mostly, I, I guess it had some Italians, I don't know. But, uh. Any Spanish? Spain? Yep, yeah, I mean, I, I guess, I, I guess they, they, they might have. I don't know. But it, it, all I know is the diversity wasn't from the people who went to the parade. The people who went to the parade, they were uh, two or three of them. There, was, there wasn't a lot of people at the parade in it, it, it alone, period. And uh, for those that went, the article doesn't even talk about the diversity. The article mentions one Asian woman who was looking out of a window and another man who took a picture from the back of his apartment that they when when the parade was going by. But uh it rained and there was not a lot of people who showed up and I'm glad that there was not a lot of people who showed up to the uh parade. I, I don't I don't I don't get the Columbus Day who who blah and all this stuff anyway. You know? I'm I'm three quarters Indian and still it's like okay, I don't care about Columbus. Right, that's the problem. We, I don't think people should be caring about Columbus at all. Yeah, uh, Columbus. I mean, I care enough not to celebrate him. The man should not. It's just like the uh, the Confederate leaders. There's certain people who've done things in the history of this country that just should not be celebrated. I, I He's not a hero. No, not even a little bit. He was a he was a profiteer, actually. What is a profiteer? A profiteer, he's doing things to profit. Oh, okay, a profiteer, okay. Yeah, a profiteer. Um, Adventurous type. So the article, if you read it, would make you think that it was like the biggest parade in the history of parades. <laughs> and there was really nobody there. 
they talk about uh, two women from the uh, where is it from right here? Uh, I'm Italian, so I got to be there for Italians," said Miss Fanion, and she was one of the only Italians <laughs> there. Uh, Gladys Adams, she was 90 years old. You know, they lived there. It was uh, uh, right outside of where they were. So uh, the ladies of Mount Carmel, they, that's who they were. The ladies of Mount Carmel Church, they're fighting to keep the church from being destroyed. Uh-huh. Uh, the, the the parade went right by where their house is, and they all came out, and they all called themselves enjoying it, which is fine. You can enjoy the they parade. enjoy it. Uh, but not a lot of people showed up. And uh, I think it quite frankly, it was it's dumb for people to celebrate Columbus Day, period. I, obviously, there's a lot of people who think so with you. It's dumb to celebrate Columbus. Day. So why are we still celebrating Columbus Day? It's the question. I don't know why we celebrate Columbus Day. They did not. Columbus didn't even find the United States of America or find America itself. You know, he found one of the Caribbean islands. Yep. Caribbean. Yep. Yeah. So it. it it's like, and it will be found eventually anyway, so it's right. <laughs> it's like, what, what's going on? And finding something, really, what's up with that? That doesn't, after that, it, get, it got, people exploited it. That's what they came here for. Oh, look at this. We got a whole new place to exploit. They got wood and mm-hmm. all these things. We don't have wood anymore in England. <laughs> it's got a lot of stuff. We can grow things. We can do things. We can make a whole lot. Look at all these animals we can make hats out of. They got. <laughs> I think it says something uh, about uh, Christopher Columbus and the parade when it's still being had in Worcester, one of the places that has not decided to change the name of the holiday to Indigenous People Day. <laughs> and why would we expect Worcester to acknowledge Columbus Days and acknowledge Columbus' brutal, racist past? Racism wow. is just the name of the game in Worcester. Yeah. Uh, we just had a city councilor equate nonprofits, social services, and tax exempt institutions to black people, yeah. to minorities. So when there are countless nonprofits that are, uh, I don't even want to get into it, but there's <laughs> countless white nonprofits in Worcester, she equated it in Auburn to, to minorities. Uh, she's a fool. Right. She speaks as a lawyer and wants all this data and stuff. But she taints the data. Right. Yeah. Uh, first of all, Christopher Columbus never landed in the 48 states. Nope. Mainland of the country. Nope. Secondly, Columbus was a vile, sickening, <laughs> uh, greedy, bloodthirsty yeah. rapist. Poor excuse of a man. And he said things like, while I was in a boat. This is from his own. You can look at his own writings. This is not speculation. No. These are things that he wrote to himself. He wrote himself. While I was in the boat, I captured a very beautiful Carib woman. Whom the said Lord Admiral gave to me. So yeah. they had slaves because this yeah. one was just gave to him. And Ooh, with whom. Yep. And with whom having taken her into my cabin. She being naked according to their customs. I conceived desire to take pleasure. I wanted to put my desire into execution. But she did not want it. And treated me with her fingernails in such a manner that I wished I had never begun. But seeing that, to tell you the end of it all, I took a rope and thrashed her well, for which she raised such unheard of screams that you would not have believed your ears. Finally, we came to an agreement in such a manner that I can tell you that she seemed to have been brought up in a school of harlots. (laughs) 
So this man wrote about uh, raping a woman, and then when she refused to want to sleep with him, he beat her with a whip until she willingly wanted to sleep with him. This is the type of man that we're celebrating yeah, for a holiday. That That's wrong. Yes, very wrong. And it's not. this is not even like questionable. This is not even like, oh, some scholars believe that he didn't. No, he said it came from the horse's mouth. <laughs> yeah, he said he did that. Ah, this that whitewashed history a, is sickening. That must have been a strange time. Obviously, it's not whitewashed if you, if you could get it. History is not just being, history is being subjected. It's whitewashed. Subjected. They're teaching them in school. Oh, he discovered America. That's He's as the far great. as their little brains can hand. Right, but <laughs> I mean, ugh. You know, that he discovered in 1492 and make a little poem out of it and yep. stuff like that. And then they get it all backwards and then they they they, they go into the map reader Americano or what's his name who gave the name. And that's about as far as it goes. Right. And that's where it should stay because it's really, it doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Marco Polo discovered a whole bunch of places where people already live. <laughs> right. Yeah. People already yeah. lived in America. So. Yeah, so it, it's like, yeah, they they like they like celebrate. But I think Indigenous People's Day should should definitely be a day because everybody else has one. Yep. The Indians don't, don't have a day. Right. Indigenous people, kudos <laughs> to California and any other similar state that voted to make October 9th uh, Indigenous People Day. Yeah. Quite frankly, celebrating Columbus is like celebrating Satan himself. Well, and shame on people who celebrate his day. Yeah, I think he's a, he's a he, I don't give him that much power myself, but I think that there should be an Indigenous People Day because there are Indigenous people. Yep. And, 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 you know, because like I said, I'm three quarters Indian, but everybody would make the little 172nd She'd be Indian and not me. Mm. So they should have a day where the real Indians can have a, a, a sense of, a, that same sense of pride that everybody else gets. What's her right. name? Elizabeth Warren? Yep. Yeah, she's... <laughs> <laughs> Do you claim she's Indian? <laughs> yeah, you know, for, uh, for vote getting, oh yeah, she's Indian. I can see in the high cheekbones. Yeah. The high cheekbones. They look like me. They look like Neanderthals. All I know is that uh, whatever. Uh, yes, I think I think Indians should have their own holiday, yeah. and it should not be, and there should not be uh, Christopher Columbus Day. No. What are we going to celebrate next? Saddam Hussein Day, Adolf Hitler Day. <laughs> Got to have them. right. What do I mean? What he was worse than he was just as bad as not worse than both of them. But uh, to me, he was a profiteer. I'm adventurer. You know, sailing around the thing. He got. He was able to con the queen of Spain to give him money and everything because she thought, oh yeah, we can make a whole lot of territory. Everything was about territory back mm-hmm. then because they don't. Every you know because like England and places they needed wood. Yep. You know, so I don't know why they didn't fund him. You know, because he he was setting out to get um, spices and stuff. Right? Well, he enslaved them for gold. Yeah, and everybody wanted gold, but. Yeah, once they found these places that that they had wood, that mm-hmm. became the the real the real marker or something because now they can continue building. Yep, they couldn't build without the wood because they didn't have the the, the the metal and the stuff had metal and stuff, but not the sophistication of, of the way we have it now. Nope. 
So, so uh, we as a country has been taking strides and not allowing slave owners to be honored. Uh, well, Columbus enslaved Native people. I don't know how anyone with any extensive history of Christopher Columbus would celebrate him. And I don't know how ignorant people not have uh, extensive history and in, in studies of Columbus. Yeah, I, and I, celebrate him anyway. Yeah, I don't get why we're celebrating Columbus today. It was just a day off. Yep. <laughs> in school, when you go to school, oh, go school today. It's yes. Columbus Day. Right. Oh, good. <laughs> he fed his hunting dogs Native Americans so that they would know how to sniff them out and find them and be hungry for them. That's what Christopher Columbus did, and he That's wrote about it as well. They had some rude ways of doing things. Oh, yeah. They, <laughs> they, listen, people in this country and historically by Europeans have been treated horribly. Oh, yeah. Horribly. We've come a long way, too. So. Yep, we have. You know, to juxtapose some of the actions that went on back in, in, in the waybacks to, uh, on to today. Is unfair. It is unfair. Very unfair. Yeah. I uh, yeah. definitely don't see it in a... Europeans doing things like that today. No. Unless you're Donald Trump. <laughs> All right, Troop, we got to... Uh, Donald Trump's concentrated on starting a war. <laughs> right. So that sounds like pretty... That sounds pretty bad to yeah, me, Troop. Okay. Yeah, that's bad. That, that's his focus. He's yep. going to start that war. He need a, He don't want to just have the extensions of everybody else's war. He wants his own war. Yep, his own personal he's war. He's going to get it. He said the 25 years we've been dealing with Rocket Man and no one's done anything. Yeah. Rocket Man's only been in power for six or seven years. Yeah. Uh, but all right, Troop, it is time. Unfortunately, we have to get ready to go oh, yeah. to uh, Main Street for Voice of the Voiceless WCUW 91.3 FM from 12 to 1 p.m. We'll catch you all there if you want to continue to listen oh, to Truth yeah. It and Trooper Joe. And uh, I will see you guys tomorrow. I'll holler. Yeah, well, everybody go have that fun.